Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! And welcome to another episode of All Queued Up, guys. Um, somebody's somebody's happy. Uh, you know what? I've had a good Christmas, man. I've had a good Christmas. Oh, yeah? Uh, I, I, you know, I, here's the thing. is Normally through Christmas, just kind of do this before we get into the episodes. Um, you know, my family and I have agreed that adults don't get any of the gifts because... Um, it's about, you know, it's about, uh, being with family. It's not about presents. So for years I didn't get presents like jo- no joking. I don't think I've received a Christmas gift. God, since I was like 20 something and now I'm 35. Yeah. So it's been, it's been at least 12 years, give or take. And, Damn. and, and because of. The Secret Santa that you got me to get, to get into, mm-hmm. um, I actually got presents this year, so I'm really happy Dude, about that. Dude, that. that was legit the first Christmas presents you've had in over a decade? Yeah. Holy shit, man. Well, I'm glad that you ended up getting Rob and Rob cleaned up for you. Yeah, no shit, <laughs> dude. No shit. You got, you got some awesome stuff. Uh. You know, we we there were eighteen of us that participated in this, and a lot of us were couples, like Misty and I were in on it. But uh, a lot of us were the ones that went to Chicago in October to TFCon, uh, in my uh, group that I'm part of, the Realm of Collectors. And Jason, the other guy that I organized it, that I organized it with, he was like, "If you know any friends that want to participate, that's not necessarily in the realm, let them know." And I immediately thought of you. I was like, well, you know, a lot of us are on MPSP Theater. Um, we were participating. They know you. And I figured, yeah. So that's awesome. I'm glad, man. That's awesome. You know, like, and that's the thing is, like, I, I would have still had a good Christmas because, I, you know, I did spend it with my family. We had this really – my my brother-in-law loves to go over the top when it comes to cooking meat. So, like, he mm. fucking slow-smoked slow a prime rib, like a giant piece of prime rib for, like, four or five hours with a bunch of seasonings. Then it was marinated. Like it was just, um, that sounds tasty. It was very good. Gave me a fucking gigantic, like cut too. It was so big that like on top of that, uh, the little bit of mashed potatoes and gravy and the little bit of, um, mac and cheese, my sister made, which she makes mac and cheese. Like she just, the only thing that store bought, well, I should say when it comes to store bought is like, the individual ingredients, because she makes everything from scratch. Mm-hmm. Quote, unquote, like, you know what I'm talking about. It's Yeah, yeah. Nothing's coming out of box. <laughs> yeah, and, I got gotcha. you. Uh, uh, so I had, like, a little bit of mac and cheese, a little bit of mashed potatoes, and then I did, tried to finish that giant piece of prime rib, and I couldn't. Legitimately, I couldn't finish it, because it was just so much, but it was so good. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was just a good time. And I, I just, I've had, a, you know... I've had a good Christmas and I'm happy. <laughs> it's, That's it's, awesome, dude. Yeah. 
But um, but also the reason that I want to mention Christmas is because uh, that is two of the things we're watching today is Christmas themed. Uh, Agretico and uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch or the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina have both had Christmas specials. So we are going to talk they about did. those. Um, and uh, we'll talk about those first because those are going to be brief. Um, I figure we'll spend a little bit more time on Voltron, which just had its final eighth season. Um, yeah. And uh, there's there's quite a bit to talk about on that one. So uh, there is. But yeah, guys, um, if if uh, you don't want anything spoiled for you, just know that we'll be here for you when you come back after watching both shows. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and just, uh, let's, let's dive right into it, Josh, shall we? Sure, sure. Let's go ahead and get Agretzko's, uh, We Wish You a Metal Christmas out of the way. So uh, if you guys remember, we, we did, we talked about Agretzko when it first started, or first came out, uh, begrudgingly to Josh, um, it was a, uh, it was very... It was very meh. It was just average. Well, it's, it was just it's, there for me. Right. If if you're not into the cutesy juxtaposition of what the show is to the Sanrio cutesy characters, it's not going to work for you. Um, that's what we established. Because yeah. realistically, you could take all these characters and... Uh, Put them in a real world setting and have the exact same story. Right. And... You know, still be ho hum, just average. Yeah, it's 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 <laughs> yeah, it's it's an it's an average sitcom, if you will. Um, but that that's you know, that was the juxtaposition is what really got me excited. But anyway, getting off yeah. track here. So they said they wanted to do a Christmas special, and it's entirely based on. It's based on the idea that that Ritsuko would have a lonely Christmas because, as as you can understand, she is single. But it picks up right where the season had left off, where um, Hayata Hayuda, Hayuda, I believe his name. Hayata. Hayata. Yeah. He's he was in, he was in uh, the hospital, and uh, he basically tells Ritsuko that he loves her, and um, she. Uh, she does not reciprocate w- that. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't she wasn't too receptive to that news. She was no. just like, "Oh, yeah, I like you as a friend, but that's it." And, you know, crushed his world. But um uh he uh He's he's going through rejection. Right, 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 right. That that's what I was getting at. And and so the story's kinda like it begins to be about him and less and less about Retsuko. Um which to an extent makes sense because the, the fan base was really, really into uh into his character. So to have him be a little bit more center focused was I think smart on their part. Uh but the the problem that this had, and I think you kinda threw the sentiment out there with the meh on it. Nothing in this episode really had any kind of fun conclusion. No, no, this had no fun conclusion at all. The the thing about this episode is uh Retsko, she has basically become addicted to Instagram uh because she is lonely. 
And part of the takeaway is, oh, maybe she's lonely because of her addiction to social media. Um, you know, she's looking for right. validation and things like that. Which but, I'm going to throw out there, Josh. That was actually something I, I kind of enjoyed about the theming of this was they weren't just trying to say like, oh, she should stop using social media. It was about how she, um, it was about how like people use social media as a, as a sense of instant gratification and validation for who they are. Yes. Um, and it's not necessarily unhealthy to do that because you look for that in, in aspects and the, the life that we live today, the world that we live in today, we all kind of have a tendency to do that. Whether it's a quick post on Facebook, a joke on Twitter, or a picture of our food on Instagram, we're, we're looking for those likes. It, it gives us that little ding of, of oxytocin and, and dopamine that you know, gets us through our life. You know, that's, that's the point of all of that social media interaction. And there was that strong message in this episode. It was kind of like, well, that's the whole reason that Retsuka is doing it. <laughs> it's, it's for that instant gratification. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I think, and it did, I think it tried to say it's okay to use social media as a tool for setting up more interaction. You know? Like, at the end result, um, he's tried to invite her to a Christmas party. She's like, oh, no, I've got to do this thing. You know, I'm, I'm doing this thing for my new hobby. Taking pictures of food and posting them to Instagram for likes. That's how... She's filling this void. And he's all down because he's wanting to just spend Christmas Eve with her, you know, because it's important to him. But he's terrified of being blown off again. And in the end, her Instagram posts lead him to come across her path and the two friends that she's with, the uh, partying office girls that kind of, you know, befriend her. They see that he clearly wants to spend time with her, and they see that she's alone, and they're like, you know what? We just realized we got to go be somewhere. You guys have a good night later. You know, it's just like, okay. It's pointing out the message that social media can be a good thing. It can lead to more human interaction. But it's also conveying the message of, hey, it's okay to log out. And it's centered which, around Christmas, which, which is, is really funny. You know, the only other thing that I can think of that had that same message was Ready Player One. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which I actually saw for the first time the other day. It's not bad, right? It was a lot of fun. It wasn't people, great, people, but it was a lot of fun. A, yeah, I think people give it an, a, like a just a, an unfair bad rap. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But um, yeah, man. I mean, that's the only. If you took away the Christmas aspect of this, it also just happens the during same, Christmas. It's the same show. Well, it's just I, yeah. oh, we're gonna have it on Christmas, but it can be applied it, to any context. To be honest, I, I mean, to be fair, I didn't expect it to be different. Like, I didn't expect it to. I was just, I was expecting another episode, which is exactly what it is. So. Yeah, I had hoped it would be different in any way, form, or fashion, and it wasn't. <laughs> 
love I love how she, much she, she just like she went she, she she went to the karaoke bar and did her three little lines of I'm so angry nobody loves me I'm like all right whoopty shit <laughs> it's fun man I don't know. I yeah, like this, this I don't like this show. I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's so average, and the cutesy shit just detracts for me, and I think it makes it even harder for me to like it. I understand the appeal. It's just not for me. Just- we should, you know, in retrospect, I feel like instead of doing, you know, the Sabrina, the Sabrina thing and, and Gretzico, we should have done uh, the um, uh, Kurt Russell Christmas movie that came out. Oh, God, please. I'm glad you didn't make me watch that. Oh, okay, well. Full disclosure, full disclosure, I hate traditional Christmas things. Absolutely detest and loathe them. I thought it wasn't a traditional Christmas story. Like, I thought it was kind of subversive, weird. I don't don't know. I've not even watched it yet. It didn't come up on the radar. Apparently, before we move on to Sabrina, because I figured we should move on to Sabrina, I'd like give our grade in a second. But, um, yeah, apparently it's like a... uh, if Santa, or like if um, uh, what's his character from fucking um, he's basically like a hard grizzled Santa character, and he has to like it's a it's it's, it's a R rated kind of movie is what it is. Oh, like I think you would have actually enjoyed it. I I know I would have enjoyed it, but I forgot and I mean, totally didn't like I didn't know it was out of the time we recorded that last episode. And then by the time I figured, found out about it, I was like, it was way too close to recording, and I was like, ah, fuck. Anyway, oh. moving on. So, so, uh, grade. Let's just give out grades. We don't have to do it over. Uh, <laughs> C, C minus, more of the same, below average, but not absolutely horrible. I'm gonna say, you, yeah, yeah, B-minus. it's just not, not great. I still enjoyed it because it's the characters that I like from the show. And it was just a little bit more of the same, but the overall episode, it wasn't really like outlandishly funny. It wasn't um, as heartwarming as as the, as the as the season was, in my opinion. So yeah, it was it was, no, it was, it, it was so so. It absolutely was not. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, or the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, as it is called, um, a Midwinter's Tale. That mid- was the. Title I, of the episode. I like to also give it a different title. Um, a midwinter subpar episode. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it it tied up some loose plot threads from the first season or the first half of season one. However, they're doing this. I know they're like, oh, we're splitting season one and, you know, it's 20 episodes. We're going to release part one. And then all of a sudden they're renaming part one season one and part two season two. And I'm just like, whatever they're doing, this is a middle episode. It seems like with this with this episode and how I'm hoping the um, the rest of it will go is that they're not going to pay attention to seasons they're not going to pay attention they're just going to pay attention to where their episodes are Mm -hmm. because this this like yeah this this absolutely just picks right the fuck up where season one left off Mm -hmm. um but it also it's definitely in lieu of i feel like they're going to start doing monster of the week episodes instead of 
Yeah, this was a very standalone Monster of the Week style episode. Yeah. But it did have implications. It was more akin to a Doctor Who Christmas special. Right, right, uh, right, right. Because, you know, yeah, Monster of the Week kind of theme, but having direct implications on what is to follow. So that's why it's important. But the fact that it was a Christmas-themed episode, or in this instance, a Yule-themed episode, the setting, unimportant. I, yeah, I liked, I liked um, ideas in the episode. I liked how purgatory can be dangerous. Like, I was like, that's really interesting to me. The stuff mm -hmm. that I thought was, like, boring was the... And again, correct me if I'm wrong here, but there were two entirely different fucking stories happening in this episode. There was there the, were there was there there was the mall Santa guy, and then there was what was going on with the Spellmans, and yep. the Spellman stuff was by far more interesting. Absolutely. <laughs> I was like, oh, there's a crazy Santa guy who's cha who's kidnapping kids and turning them into statues. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Like, I just didn't care. Even yeah. though what was weird about that was that whole thread with the Santa guy would have been a Doctor Who problem. <laughs> you know, you're not wrong. <laughs> you are not wrong. Um, Probably would have been a better episode as a Doctor Who problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. It would have been... I don't know why I just pulled a fucking offspring there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Oddly enough, the Doctor Who Christmas special this year... Not a Christmas special, it's a New Year's Day special, so, you know, just a few more days for that. Woohoo! I need to actually watch, I haven't watched a single episode of The New Doctor yet. Um, I've been busy, man, I've been busy. I know, I know. Uh, I'll get to it. Um, but yeah, like the, like I said, there was just two, there was two plot threads. There was, like I said, the one with the Santa, which was a, more of a subplot than anything, because it took kind of a backseat to the main story. Which was mm -hmm. that the Spellmans basically there's a there's a fire there's a there's a Yule log and it keeps and it keeps entities out. Bad things. It's kind out. of three stories in one, really, because there's kind of like a dual plot with the Spellman. Because if you think back to the season part one finale, um, Zelda has stolen the one twin daughter from. That one uh, headmaster of the academy, remember his pregnant wife? So, she was supposed to have twins, right? And she ended up having a male and a female, and she took the female and said that the other fetus just ingested it. What I was going to say was that that whole thing, and it continues to be the the overarching thread between the episodes. Whereas, mm -hmm. like the spirits inside the house and the Santa were solo to this episode only. Yeah, yeah. But th this this was, you know, the way it was done to weave it all together, you know, it's it's Christmas. Sabrina wants to give her now ex-boyfriend a present. He doesn't know how to take it, and he doesn't know how to take her still. And, you know, he's clearly wanting space, and she's upset, and she's distraught, and she wants to talk to her mother. Remember, we saw her dead mother trapped in limbo, and she's like, 
I want to talk to my mom. Let's hold a seance. And they've explained to her seances are bad, especially during the solstice, because that's when the veil between the mortal realm and the magical realm is the weakest and the demons have their most power. Right. She does it anyway because she is a bullheaded teenager who doesn't listen, like all of us once were. And, uh, yeah, so she goes to her teacher at school, Mrs. Wardwell, who is, sadly, I wish she had a bigger part in this episode because I love Michelle Gomez. She was amazing on Doctor Who. And she was very delightful in the first season of this. And Sabrina tells her what she wants to do. And she's like, oh, here, borrow my Book of the Dead because there's no talking you out of this. And she makes a gingerbread house and gingerbread representations of the Spellmans. And she interferes with the burning of the Yule Log, which is supposed to protect them during this time. And she, like, pours tea down the gingerbread house chimney, and it douses the Yule Log in real time at their house. So that was cool. Leaves them vulnerable. During the seance. <laughs> so, yeah. That leads to the impish little children coming in and playing Havoc. Oh, my God. This episode was all over the place, and it's only an hour long. That's what I'm talking about. Like, it, it just seemed to... It seemed to lack some focus due to it's it's just multiple fucking plot threads and yeah it, it, like if it's centered just on the spellmans and dealing with you know that that whole aspect of their life like i would i would it would have been miles better in my opinion but because it kept detracting to other things and things that seemed less important it was like okay uh-huh all right we're yeah. just kind of slogging here and so yeah, I mean it's not it's not bad, but it definitely also ends in a very much like a you could have totally missed this episode and watched the next season and it would have been no different. I that, <laughs> actually, I think you're wrong there. We'll get to that though. You know now now that the seance has happened and the Yule log went out, these little impish mythical these little impish children have gotten in. They're invisible. Uh, and they are the children of a witch. Gryla, I believe was her name. And Gryla wants her, you know, the only way to get the children out of the house is for her to come claim them. So they have to invite this witch in, whose history was she had made a pact with another witch. Uh, and the other witch backed out of the pact, and Gryla likes to take orphans uh, as her own uh, as a result, and she hates men, and that's a key important thing. But any baby that doesn't have an actual mother, she tries to claim for her own. So now they have to hide this baby in the house from her while she's there. Uh, everything seems to be going okay. She's rounding up her kids. They're getting ready to leave. Baby cries. Oh, what's this? And this is where the plot twist comes in, I think. You have Sabrina's mother appear in spirit form and telling them, as a mother who has a child, I'm going to preside over this. Both of you are laying a claim to this child. We'll draw a circle 
put the baby in the circle. Whoever has the most force to pull the baby out has the right to the baby. And of course, you know, Zelda, even though she comes across as a hard ass, she's got a heart. She can't pull the baby. She's like, I can't do it. And so Sabrina's mother says, all right, the baby goes to Gala. And they're all devastated, and then you find out that Sabrina's spirit appeared to Sabrina at the last minute and said, hey, here's a change spell, and they disguised a teddy bear as the baby. And you think, oh, okay, well, that's how this is wrapped up. But no, there's still more. Because at this point, they realize, oh, Sabrina's friend has been kidnapped by this demon who looks like Santa Claus and dips kids in wax, trapping their soul eternally in wax and using them in his Christmas display annually. That's creepy. How do we get her? Well, we're just going to need that witch's help that we just double-crossed, who's obviously going to be angry at us. But she is more upset about innocent children being hurt, and especially by a man, so that's how they put a bow on that. And uh, the final thing, and this is where I think... But I think that could be is... that can be just like quickly told to you at the, the beginning of next season like i just it, it it could have been but the final thing and this is why i think it wasn't just so straightforward you know all through the episode you're reminded that during solstice demons have their most power uh you know that mrs wardwell is a demon uh you know that she has continually tried to get Sabrina to sign her name to Book of the Beast, and she finally succeeded. But I think it was her disguised as Sabrina's mother because she wants to make Sabrina vulnerable. She wants to make her easier to manipulate. And when she was having boy troubles, and she's like, oh, Mom, you're here. I get to talk to you one last time. There's this boy. And she's like, when I found out your father was a witch, I followed him down the path, but I would never lead another to that path. Implying that my motherly advice is for you to leave this boy behind. And he pretty much tells her he doesn't want to have anything to do with magic or her ever again. And uh, when after this scene's over, you see Mrs. Wardwell, she takes that gingerbread representation of Sabrina and bite the head off. So it's just like, I think it was her. Yeah. And kind of direct setup for what's going to happen in the next season. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's just... There was... I don't know, the, yeah, whole, the whole episode shitload. just seemed... Yeah, it just it was just yeah, just seemed to lack focus. I it didn't seem that I cared that much about what was going on, so I don't know. But anyway, yeah, um, let's go ahead and move to, move on to grades because yeah, go need, ahead, man. We need we need to we need to move forward. Uh, Onward, yes. Yeah, you know, same as same as the Gretzko B minus. Um, it wasn't B-. bad. It was I wasn't I wasn't unentertained, but I definitely. There were parts that I was just kind of like, wait, why? Why do we care about this? This Santa that's kidnapping kids? Like, what? What, what was the point of that? To uh-huh. just throw an extra to pad the episode? Like, I don't understand why we needed to know that. It wasn't integral to the plot by any measure. Um, a few of the things, no. like like you talked about, I feel like could have been 
done in a different, more, um, I don't say interesting way, but definitely in a way that could have worked for a full season. Because at this point, like, there's a good chance before the next season that forgetting what happened in this Christmas special could be very easy to forget. Whereas uh-huh. tying it into the season would have been more easier to remember. So that's just my thought on it, why it was like, it, but it wasn't bad. It was just more of the same. It was more of that world that they created and, and the satanic play. So yeah, B minus. I'm going to say C plus. Um, it was, it was okay. It wasn't great. I mean, there were a couple of cute little things they tried to do. Like the whole, um, solstice and the Yule log, you know, and changing the significance. You know, trying to make it important to the magical realm, but it was very fast-paced, too many plots going on at the same time, and not significant enough time given to things, and it was just played out in a very fast manner. So because of that, it's like, where in the first part of the season you had... Multi-part episodes that really did w- uh, did well with their storytelling versus the monster of the week type episode that this was. It just too much crammed into too little of space, so it suffers from it. C plus. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm so more forgiving on shows than you are sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um. That's just my fucking anyway. Um, and we see plus B minus like it's not that far apart anyway. But uh, yeah, yeah. But there is a distinction. There is yes. All right, so we should definitely move on to uh, Voltron. Voltron. So the we legendary defender. So the last that we talked about the show, I believe, was season six, and um, at the I end, I don't even remember. Uh, maybe it was season five. <laughs> it might have been. I just know that like they were pumping out seasons every six months, maybe even shorter in time than that. Shorter than that, yeah. And I, I said to Josh, like, if we do each season, you know, we're missing out on other shows that we could be reviewing. So I said, let's wait until it's over. And this was like in August that I said this shit. Like I was like, I was like. Mom. Let's see. Well, it was it was when right it was we? right after they released season seven that I said this. I know I know it because very shortly after me telling you that they were like season eight coming out in December and it's their final season and I went well. <laughs> the last time we actually talked about Voltron on the show was episode thirteen when we did Jessica Jones and that was back in uh March. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, well, mid-March. I, I, Mid-March. I, again, regardless, I just know that very shortly after I basically said, let's wait for the show to end to review it, was when they announced when it was going to end. I just thought that was really fun. Yeah, I mean, that was March, season five. So they did a season six and a season seven and season eight since March. Right. That's December. So, yeah, they, yeah they, they, we they would have been talking about it every three months, pretty much. Right. And that's why I was like, let's just wait. But it, you know, it was again, it was funny to me that we had a we had a date in which we were going to talk about it, 
because <laughs> they were ending it. But so before we get into it, before we get into the season, um, the, 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 the show as a whole, because we're not just going to talk about season eight, we're going to talk about the show as a whole. Um, there was a huge, there's this big thing within the show. And if you're listening to this podcast, you know what I'm talking about. Um, a lot of people in the, um, LBGT community are very upset with this show because they feel like they got baited. Um, they did not get baited. The reason that they feel like they got baited is because the character Shiro was supposedly, was supposed to be gay. He is. He's gay. Um, but the, the gay community felt like they needed a better representation for who Shiro was and, and what he represented and what he was supposed to represent. But they, they felt like they didn't get that. Um, this is not everybody in the community. This is not everybody, you know, this is not like the anybody, like this is just a, the, some people. Yeah. Um, now, that being said, Season five to me, and I don't know if you agree with this, Josh, was the last time the show felt um, cohesive. <laughs> Does that make sense? No, I, I see what you're saying, but I don't agree. But then so, again, the show has never felt completely cohesive. <sighs> Because it's doing a lot at once, and especially when they started doing, after the first season mm -hmm. or two, splitting up the seasons into blocks of six and seven episodes for a while. Well, that's what I'm saying is if you look at if you look at the show as a whole, there's this there's this lead up where they're going against Lotar, Lotor, and they fight they 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 find him they they friend him because of what's going on with their dad, and it all makes sense. It all works. And mm -hmm. then and then they have this big fight with Lotor at the end, and they go into the the um, quintessence realm area place mm -hmm. time, and they leave him inside there. He's supposedly dead. When they come yeah. out, that's when the show to me takes a huge jump in the shark moment, where suddenly they're in the future. And yeah, basically because of the quintessence, them entering the quintessence field. Uh, they lost what five years, something like that. Yeah, yeah. They they had been even though they were just gone for minutes to the rest of the galaxy, they'd been missing for five years. That's how season six ended. Um, yeah, and season seven they go back to Earth to prepare Earth for the coming impending Galra invasion, and you come to find out that they've already been doing that they've already been under attack and they've already built defenses up and season seven was pretty wild uh yeah i mean i liked it i liked it i liked season seven because of what they were trying to do but it's it's about halfway through season seven that it feels like the writing staff got the notice that season eight was going to be their last season and they had to wrap up the storyline because then everything starts after that starting to feel really rushed. I think the rushed feel was more of the impending 
you knew what was looming, you knew what was coming. You know, also, too, during Season 7, Hagar is missing. Nobody knows where she is. Uh, and, at the, and it's revealed at the end of Season 6 that she realized that, it, because when she became Hagar, you know, she had forgotten all of her former life. When she went to Orion, she remembered all of her memories came back, and she reverted back to her Hanerva persona, but she was also batshit insane. Yeah, I didn't like any of that. Oh, loved it. Loved I, it. I didn't like it because it was, it felt displaced from everything that had been going on, and it felt like it was shoehorned in at the... Not last minute per se, like it feels like they had planned it, but it 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 was not for a while was it supposed to happen, and they were kind of like, well, fuck, we just have to do this now because we don't have a choice, is what it felt like. Uh, see, that's the thing they've they've said all along they were only going to do seventy eight episodes, so well, they knew not, it, it was it, coming. It hasn't been seventy eight episodes; it's been shorter than that. No, it's been seventy eight episodes. I'm double checking because I don't believe it has. Because if that's the case, if that's the case, if that's the case, Josh, then then just straight up six and season six and seven just have bad writing in my opinion. Like I, I, uh, not terrible writing, not the worst writing, but definitely not great. Because again, it there was a lot of Deus Ex Machina in in six and seven. A lot of Deus Ex Machina. Just a lot of like, well, that's convenient. Well, that's the thing. That's how Voltron is. There's always I don't, been, Josh, even in the that's original. Not, no, no, that's not an excuse. You can't sit there and say, because it was that way, it should be that way now. We, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that that has always been part of it. I'm not saying it should be. I'm just saying that it's not a surprise that there's going to be some of that still present. I I don't mind a little bit of Deus Ex Machina. For example, the the whole thing with like, oh, well, we're inside this like reality space and the only one that can save us is Alora. Okay. That didn't that, that actually didn't bother me. Uh, the, one of the kind of things that bothered me was just like the super, um, convenience of character. Lo- like, oh, we're having trouble keeping this portal open. Oh, suddenly new characters show up and help us keep it open. I was like, all right, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, shit like that. I was like, I was like, all right, that fucking pointless in my opinion. Well, I mean, that's. I don't have a problem with that. And you also got to think we're not the target audience younger kids are. Younger kids are going to see that as that's adding to the excitement and the drama. And, you know, you ultimately see that they fail anyway. I will argue this. I will argue this, Josh. That might be the case, but that would be a disservice to the fan base that is mostly adult. If you treat a show as... Well, this is just for kids, and fuck the adult fan base. That's not good. I'm not saying that's what they did at all. I'm just saying I can see how it is a more exciting thing for the kids to see that, and it builds up more drama for them. You know, I I know you're trying to put I know I know you're putting like a positive spin on it from that aspect, but for me, 
that kind of stuff just doesn't it 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 didn't fit what Voltron had been before that. You know what I'm saying? Like seasons one through six felt entirely different than seven and eight. They were supposed to because seven took place on Earth with different circumstances that led into what the ultimate thing happened to be in season eight. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the fact that it was going to feel different in the idea of what they were dealing with because of the area and the place they were in. I'm talking about in the way that the show was written in the, in the aspect of, of character design and character arcs was it felt completely out of place and borderline out of touch with what we had seen in the previous seasons. Like, I get that you have characters grow and they're going to be more in tune with their lions and they're going to be more like, and there's the whole aspect of like, they lost the castle. They, they're lost in space essentially, but, um, we're lost in space and, oh, there's this like weird force that's forcing us to, to be more of a team uh, again. And, um, to not fight with each other again. And then, oh shit, we're, we're, we're at earth. We're just here now. I just didn't like that shit. That, that to me felt super rushed. It felt like, like a TV show in the eighties that was like, well, we only have a certain amount of episodes left and we have to get them to earth. We don't have time to have them go on more adventures. So just, just wormhole, wormhole to earth. Uh, See, it's. I didn't, it's been a while since I watched five, six, seven, you know, because I watched them like when they came out. So it's been a few months, so it's not as fresh in my mind, but I don't remember it feeling rushed at all in that way. So season seven, because I had to watch, I watched like episode one and two of season seven back when it first came out um, because I thought we were going to review it. And then I stopped because we were doing other things. Mm-hmm. So I watched, you know, season eight and seven essentially back to back, and um, the way that it works is that season season seven starts, and it's like, okay, Shiro's a clone, but his spirit mm-hmm. is in the body, and that's really cool, and mm-hmm. uh, which I actually really loved that. I was like, that's fucking clever. Um, oh god, yeah. And uh, uh, they were lost in space, and they and uh, Pidge knew the direction they needed to head in. But the, she knew it was going to take like a year and a half at light speed to get to Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, but they couldn't travel at light speed because they didn't have enough energy. So it was going to take yeah. them longer. And they were trying to figure out a way. Maybe there's different planets that they could get to. Maybe there's a fleet that can help them out. Like they were trying to find something in that regard. And there were two individual episodes in the first few episodes. One was like they got trapped in like a weird game show that forced them to be a better team. Then they had a small, remember that. Then they had a small thing that happened where it forced them to be a better team. And then the, and then there was like, it was like episode four, uh, this weird wave hits the lions and disables them completely. So they all get out of their lions and they're in space. And then the wave hits again. And while they're in that wave, like they lock arms and then, and, and Keith is like, we can't separate because if we separate, that's going to cause more problems for us. Let's stay together. And every, you know, certain amount of time cycle, he's like, all right, you know, 
say when I say you know your name, you say that you're here. It'll keep our minds fresh. It's kind of what my mom and I did when we were in that contestants' realm. So let's let's do that. So they do that, and they get they still get into fights and and, and arguments and shit. And it turns out that it's this giant monster that's kind of forcing them to see what they want to see. At the end of the episode, when they fix the problem, a wormhole opens up and takes them to Earth. Okay. Like I, I'd forgotten that part. Like, and that's 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 the issue that I take with the show, Josh, is that there was a lot of hey, we just need to move forward, and we need something to push in here. And that's why it felt very rushed to me. That's why it felt very... And again, I'm not saying the show is ultimately the worst thing on the planet because it felt rushed at the end. And I understand that budget limitations and the show got an ending, so that's awesome. But it definitely felt like for the last two seasons that Netflix was like, you have to end the show now. And... The whole thing with, um, is it Hor? Ho- How do you pronounce her name? Lotor's mom. Hanerva. Hanerva. Thank you, Hanerva. That whole thing with the reality hopping and the time jumping just <sighs> felt so weird. It just didn't feel great. Um, and, and but it, to me, it had potential. It had such potential, and there were great moments in it too. Like, fantastic moments where she actually succeeds, and she gets mm-hmm. to a reality where she sees um, she sees Lotor as a, as a kid, and she sees her husband, which I'm drawing a blank on his name for the life of me. Zarkon. Zarkon, thank you. And and then, like, you know, he, he says, like, to, to, to her nerve, like, you're not my mom. You're not really my mom. Like, he sees it. I was just like, oh, my God, this is really smart. There's subtle, there's little subtle things too, like how Hanerva's really pissed off at, at uh, Voltron and in in lieu of that, um, Alora, and she sees Alora in this in this alternate universe, in this alternate reality, who has no idea about Voltron, who has no idea about the other paladins, and there's this like she's like, hey, so we can take to see your son, and you see this just like quick grimace on her face. Like little th- little touches like that, I really dig. I was like, oh, that's really clever. Um, you don't see that in animation a whole ton. Um, yeah. Usually, the character will say something or act out or whatever, but like having a subtle facial animation was. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Uh, so there are aspects that I dig, but there's just a lot that I was like, okay, I feel like this could have been better written. Less shoehorned in. And that's just, I mean, I can keep saying until I'm blown in the face, it's just how I feel, but that no shit, that's how I feel. It's, it's. See, I did not get that feeling at all. I, I mean, I knew they had to, you know, pretty much wrap it up. I thought they did a fine job with how they had to wrap it up in the 13 episodes they were given uh, facing, you know, what they were. I liked the... I I, I really enjoyed everything about Season 8. I thought, uh, you know, the... the I think with the... Uh, going back to the disappointment from the LGBTQ community, um, 
LG. If I fucked up that acronym, and I apologize. <laughs> LBGTQ. Yes, yes, I left out the T, and I apologize. Uh, you could add, uh, add plus in there as well, but. Yeah. Anyway, you know, they were saying, oh, we weren't represented properly. I was like, well, you kind of were. I mean, because it wasn't about the fact that, okay, Shiro was gay. It showed he had, you know, a partner, somebody who he lived with. They showed backstory of, if you take this mission, when you get back, I won't be here. And you see later on, Shiro learns that he died. And, you know, Shiro was really distraught about that. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just like, okay, how was that not establishing that he, you know, I mean, come on. That because was fine. The, 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 so it the- didn't need to be heavy handed. I was going to say, the argument is that, like, instead of making Shiro a gay character with a gay lover, and then just, like, and he has a gay partner while they're in space or whatever, which is what people wanted, they wanted more of that, like, relationship shit. You know, I pointed out to somebody who tried to point that out to me that, would you be okay with one of the other characters having a long-running love interest with another character throughout the entire show, because personally, if Lance and Alora constantly had a fucking romantic thing, I'd be annoyed yeah. by that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And they also, you know, he professed how he felt to her in season eight. He told her that he loved her, and he had since day one, and he'd do anything for her. And you see little glimpses of this throughout the season, you know, and they finally do become a couple, but it's only briefly. Um, and they don't get to do a lot of coupley things together. You just see them still in a way, little moments here and there, but they're fucking intergalactic war. You know, there's not going to be time for, oh, let's pop in a fucking DVD and split a bottle of wine and see where the evening takes us. No. Sorry, it's just not going to be that. No, I completely That's, agree with you on that. I, I, I think it's, I think uh, it's absolutely asinine to suggest that the show doesn't give a shit about the, about that community because it wasn't exactly that. Like I, I exactly. And I think the very ending you see, spoiler alert, Shiro marries some random unnamed dude at the very end of it. Well, and it was like a full-on kiss. I'm like, uh, okay. Some people were pissed off about that because, like, there was no connection for them, and I was just like, not exactly. everything has to have a goddamn connection. It, it, that's the thing, though. It's like, okay, Shiro got married to a guy. I think that was a little more heavy-handed attempt to try to appease the community. Oh, absolutely, a hundred percent. Like they knew their their community was pissed off about "quote unquote" how it was handled, and. uh that like, was the weakest part of the season, though, to me, because it came across as pandering, and I just yeah. didn't care for that. Uh, not agree. the fact that, don't get me wrong, I'm happy that he got a happy ending, but it was pulled off in such a pandering way that it didn't need to be that. It almost seemed you know? like it didn't matter, is what it felt like Yeah, exactly. I liked the ending how it wrapped up. You know, everybody, you find out. Same here. Everybody's ultimate end. I like the ending. Um, like I said, I want to make it very clear. I feel like 
the Honer- the Hanerva stuff had a lot of really cool potential. It just all felt very rushed, and that bothered me. And the rushed parts are the the um, uh, Deus Ex Machina stuff. That's the stuff that feels rushed. Um, Because there felt like if they had another 10 episodes, they could have made it a little bit better. I don't know, man. Like, it just... Everything felt like it was just being... Like, pushed forward way too quick. Like, there could have been a little bit more development. I think they could have done a little more development. But at the same time, I think in the time frame they had to tell this story, it landed to a sense of urgency. You know, it's like, this is how dire... I mean, you know, we said way back in, in our first review of this, when we looked at the first couple of seasons, you know, we wanted the stakes to be raised. They raised the shit out of the stakes, you know? Um, Sure, I I don't disagree with you on that. I mean, like, something that I really enjoyed, uh, just because I've been talking shit about it the whole time, something I really, really enjoyed about season seven, eight was the defense of earth. Yeah. And season the, seven. That was awesome. I fucking loved that. I was like, like the, the whole, like setting that up and working together and then fighting off the group. And then, and they were like, we're, su- we're successful. And then all of a sudden this mech drops and they had to fight it. And I was yeah. like, wait, why? Like, why, why? Because, well, that's the thing. We didn't find that out until season eight, and that was cool. I liked that. I liked that cliffhanger ending. I it, it, to me, it could have been done. It could have been done better. But I really, really loved the little nods they gave to all throughout season seven, and it's a tail end of season eight. How they gave the nods to the vehicle force Voltron. Um, I didn't pick up on that at all, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I See, imagine there, you would, yeah. We talked about this in our first time we covered Voltron uh, in episode number two, I believe it was. Uh, there were three... There were going to be three Voltron series in the U.S., and the first series was supposed to be the vehicle team and ended up being the second series instead. But it was a Voltron that was composed of 15 separate vehicles three different teams, a land team, a sea team, and an air team. Okay, okay, okay. Well, now you, yeah. say, it like, now you say it like that. I know exactly what you're talking about for this show. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this, you saw the fighters, you know, those fighter yeah. pilots. That Those jets looked a lot like the jet that formed the chest of the vehicle Voltron. That but was another it, thing that drove me nuts, Josh, was like, those characters that were being trained in those things had mm-hmm. character development in Season 7. The second mm-hmm. that the fucking Honerva uh, uh, bot dropped to end Season 7, and they were like, they weren't give, like, no, they, they weren't part of the show anymore. They just weren't. Yeah, they were just uh, minor characters, and that's the thing, they brought back but all their allies. But they didn't seem like minor they had, their whole, they had a whole episode dedicated to them. Yeah. Yeah. They were dropped like a hot rock in eight in season eight. And I was just like, okay. All right. However, in the last, very last episode, though, you saw more nods to the vehicle Voltron. Uh, when Pidge is working on building that robot, she's like, I'm going to call him Chip. In the original series, Chip was Pidge's twin brother who piloted one of the 
uh, vehicles that form vehicle Voltron. Also in that same scene, if you look in the hangar, there was a yellow Jeep with black stripes and a, or like a yellow four-wheeled vehicle with black stripes and a black one right next to it. Those formed the feet of the vehicle Voltron. And also, if you look, there was a schematic right over Pidge's shoulder of a red version of those fighter jets. That's what formed the chest. It's like, oh, shit. And then, of course, you know, it said the Holt family trained the next generation of legendary defenders. I was like, hot damn. So there was nice little nods to yeah, that yeah, in yeah. there. Yeah. Well, that, that's my, I think that's another point that I like to make, Josh, is like my complaints aren't because I think the show is bad. My complaints are almost entirely based around the idea that the show, I feel like the show could have been absolutely better. It, it, it could have benefited from a few more episodes to just get a little bit more out of it. But I think when they realized, um, you know, after doing the seasons, like seasons three, four, five, and six, split them up into six and seven episode blocks instead of 13 episode blocks like they did with one, two, seven, and eight. Um, I think they kind of lost a little bit of time that they would have liked. Maybe they were hoping for more time to tell the stories, but Netflix is like, no, we agreed to 78 episodes. That's what we're doing. I don't know. You know, uh, and yeah. I, uh -huh. I've got the feeling of urgency in the show. You're seeing it as, you know, just a little bit of a sloppier writing to make it rush seem rushed, you know, and I get that. Well, urgency uh, to me was urgency to me is, is different than having moments where suddenly the, the story just goes, well, here's a convenient plot thread. And like, it, Hey, it, you just look at it like this. It's a Christmas miracle. I, I hate that. Sh I fun, like no joke, dude. Like you make a joke, but I hate that shit. Storytelling, like genuinely, don't come at me with all of a sudden you're you know like, how are we gonna save the orphanage? And then like a fucking benefactor walks in from out of nowhere and just goes, well, twenty years ago the guy that uh, was trying to run this place saved my life, so here's a here's a million dollar check. Um, don't do that. It does. It's it's not fun. It doesn't. It doesn't add to the characters or the plot. And to me, Voltron had stellar fucking writing. And I was like, we haven't had di di we haven't had moments like this in the show. Why are we having them now? So it's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> we should wrap up though, because uh, <laughs> we got. I got. I got. I got to get ready to get going here in a second. Um. Yeah. As we are recording this, it is my brother's birthday, and we're going to go do some shit, so. Um, the one that uh, likes to burst in my room when I'm doing things like he's fucking Kramer. Uh, so, Josh, why don't you go ahead and give it a grade, if you would. Man, and, this is, and this is for the whole series. This isn't just for the, the, the entire season. whole series. I give the entire whole series an A. Um, I love this series. I adore this series. I wish this series could keep going. But I would rather it end on a high note than fizzle out. So I'm happy with the ending. I'm happy with the things that happened. I love the characters. I found out that my daughter loves this show. And she loves watching the show. And I got my daughter Voltron stuff for Christmas. It was cool. Um, <laughs> but I, I absolutely adore this show. Yes, it's not perfect. but 
I also have a very strong attachment to the character. And I try to put a positive spin on things when I enjoy a franchise more than when I don't. Uh, you know, but I do acknowledge that season seven parts of it do detract, uh, season eight parts of it do detract. You know, I'll grant you that there was some rushed, forced things there. But overall, it did not detract from my overall enjoyment of the show. I give the whole season, whole series itself, uh, an A. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the entire series uh, an A-. Um, and that's just because I feel like the last two seasons didn't have the same heart and soul as the first six. Uh, you know, we had a, a, a outstanding parts in seasons like two and three where Pidge is searching for her brother and she finds a, a gravestone that is her brother's. Oh, God, that is still one of the best moments to me in the whole series. We just did. There was just nothing like that in season seven or eight. Just straight up. There was nothing like that. Um, oh, you didn't think that uh, when you thought the entire team perished at the end of season seven? I didn't, think didn't the have entire, that feeling. Didn't I? Didn't think the entire team perished at the end of season seven. I did. I didn't. At I all. thought they killed them <laughs> off. Nope. Because uh, how they had been building up, training these other pilots, and how they had been hinting at a vehicle Voltron, I thought they were actually legit going to kill them all off at season seven. I thought they were dead. No, I I legitimately did not think that. I was like, okay. my yeah, my my thought process on that entire part was just that. It's it's designed entirely to look like they're going to die and then they're not. Like I was like, oh, they're they're not. They're not. They're not going to kill them off because the characters have been around for too long for them to do that. And it would just seem really strange to do that at the end of a series. So it just didn't make any sense for them to do that. But then again, you probably watched of season course. seven. You watched the end of season seven before they announced that eight was the last season. So oh, I knew no, I knew eight was going to be the last season. I was giving you the benefit of the doubt there, Josh, but okay. But, like I said, they had been doing these nods towards this other team and making these nods towards the vehicle Voltron. And then, of course, you know, the Atlas becoming a giant robot. And I'm just Which like, was fucking awesome, by the way. That Yeah, it was. And, I mean, and, I know and, uh, a little bit I of saw, a... I saw that it made the other team at this point expendable and that they could make the ultimate sacrifice like I thought they did. No, I got you. I got you, but I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see that. I didn't. I was like, okay, whatever. Um, but that's a few things I got to point out. Like, there are some Deus Ex Machina moments that I really enjoyed in the show, like Voltron and Atlas becoming a machine, like a machine together. Oh, that was badass! It was awesome, but it was that totally was it was so cool. It was totally that moment in a show where they're just like, hey, so we have this convenient solution. Like, you have to admit, it was that even though it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, that's just a, that's a, that's a positive example of using it in that. Sure. 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 I just, it, but there was so much of it in season eight. There was so much of it. Um, but you know, like I said, I felt like the show had a good, a very good story. I felt like every season leading up to, this made me care about these characters and wanted to see where they go and see how they, they play out. And legitimately, like, I think I got misty eyed when, uh, 
Um, it was showing. (laughs) What? Don't spoil it. Who's listening to this without having having watched it? I don't know. They shouldn't have. We've already spoiled almost all of it. (laughs) Just saying. Yeah, but I wasn't going to spoil, like, there was a major paladin death. I wasn't going to spoil that either. Well, I wasn't going to say that. I'm talking about the, the, like, a year later epilogue shit. Like, that stuff, that stuff really... Really that hits you right in it. the feels, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The shot of them slightly older and then showing, like, Honk, which I was so happy he fucking, like, his ending was great. Um yeah. There was just, there was so much about that that I really enjoyed. And, and um, even though I'm, you know, talking a lot of mess on season eight, I still enjoyed myself. I still had a good time watching it, so yeah. I can't fault it too much, but... I just I hate when I see writers of shows make amazing content and then that content gets changed um, or they're, they're, it feels like they their writing got a little sloppier and I'm like you can do better you can absolutely do better so but yeah um so what did I say a minus yeah okay I was like I think I said a minus yeah uh. I'm just also like dealing with text messages on planning of things and like in the middle of podcasting because nobody cares about podcasting this damn show. Anywho, guys, that is going to do us do it for us on this episode. Um, yeah, you know, definitely check out Voltron. Uh, I think it's it's definitely worth your time, regardless of everything that I said. Season eight is not as bad as I think I made it out to be. Absolutely not. I I, I did enjoy it quite a bit. I just aspects of it I didn't. I rolled my eyes probably more often in season eight than I did the entire series, so um but that being said, guys, uh next episode which will be which two weeks. We'll publish January eleventh. It'll be our first show of the new year. Yep. Uh we are going to do uh the season three of a series of unfortunate events, which Which I'm is very- also the series finale right i was gonna say it's gonna it's gonna tie everything off which i'm very happy about because two things i have no idea how the series is gonna end i never finished the books to the point so i'm very curious how it'll end um but also josh you know i was gonna do the there's a there's a, a black mirror movie coming out i think on the second oh no this friday so the day this episode comes out there's a black mirror episode or black mirror movie but Josh had pointed out a show to me of something I had never heard of before. Um, I can't believe you've not heard of this. Not, I literally know nowhere in my brain have I ever heard of Watership Down. Wow. Not one yep. time. We are but, watching the Netflix original four-part limited series of Watership Down, the classic tale from Richard Adam. And so he, so there's there's a reason that I agreed to it. And it wasn't because it's rabbits. It's not because it looks like the animation looks really good. That fucking cast is awesome. That Boy, cast yeah. is fucking amazing. I uh, man, I was I was gonna I was like, we're watching this, you know, please let's watch this. And you're like, I don't know. I was like I was sitting there thinking, motherfucker, you made me watch Akratsuko twice. I'm like, there's True. no way we're not watching this. <laughs> that's why. That's what I was. I was going to pull that card if I had to. At I'm first glad I, you watched that trailer and said, "Yeah, let's watch that." <laughs> yeah. 
Because I'm interested in it. I, I don't know that I'm excited about it by any measure. I mean, your excitement definitely adds to it because clearly you know the story and you're excited to see this version of it. Um, yeah. But Dude, when I was like seven years old, I saw the original animated version of it, and it terrified the shit out of me. I have never, never heard of it. Like, never wow. in school did anyone have me read the book. Never wow. did I see it, the original animation. Like, nothing about this is at all inside my brain. Legitimately, Your English teachers were horrible then. <laughs> well, that's a whole other story. Not on podcast, though. Um, it's crazy, because, like, apparently, like, like yeah, once you, when you told me about it, I looked it up on Wikipedia, and I was like, this is a really fucking popular series. What the fuck? How have I never yeah. heard of this? So, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, sometimes that happens, man. Sometimes that shit happens. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm adverse on my pop culture, but sometimes there's things that slip through the cracks, and this is definitely one of them. But, you know what? I'm glad, to le- I'm glad to learn about it now, so. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, guys, definitely check those out and join us next week. Um, uh, check out our website, guys, allcuteuppodcast.com. I was going to mention it at the beginning of the show, but, nah, we need to run through this. Uh, that's where you can find everything that we do, every place that we have the podcast on. Um, it, it basically is our hub for everything. Um, and, uh, we, we're still selling merch. We still have, uh, shirts and mugs and all kinds, all kinds of cool stuff. What was the, what's the company that makes our stuff now? Redbubble. Redbubble. Thank you. Because mm-hmm. the other companies are, but, um, but yeah, uh, definitely check that out. If you want to have our cartoon faces, uh, drawn by genocide squirrel. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, all proceeds from any merch sold just goes into funding the show, so we can continue to bring you better, uh, bring you content that you enjoy, and we just appreciate everything. Yeah, I would, I would hope that people understand that at this point, we don't make anything off the show at the moment. No, uh, no. And, uh... We would love to. We would love to up the quality. Like right now, I'm I'm, I'm on a really kind of crappy laptop with a okay mic. Um, and uh, Josh, you know, he has he has a better setup than I do. But if there would if there was a way for this podcast to fund me getting a new lap or getting at least a new laptop and a new and a better mic, maybe like changing my closet into a recording studio, which would be dope. Um, that would definitely be a way to go. But as of right now, that's not the case. Yeah, um, if this we'll if this podcast if this podcast could fund me not working the job that I'm working that would be also awesome. But oh Jesus, <laughs> don't see that happening anytime soon. I would uh, just like it for it to be self sustaining at this point. Well, that's also you don't work a gas station job with a shitty manager, so that's true. <laughs> you aren't looking for an escape. Um. Anyway, guys, so not to talk about my shitty job. Uh, Josh, where can they find you online? Everywhere. Don't whisper uh, that in my ear. Everywhere. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, you know, I'm on Facebook. I'm public. I make it easy to find me. You can find me by my, my birth name. Uh, I'm on this show with you. We publish every other Friday. You know, on our bios on the All Cued Up Podcast website uh, at allcuedupodcast.com, there's links to my Twitter handle. You know, uh, there are links to our Facebook discussion groups that, you know, need to get that going. 
try to push that, especially at the first of the year. Uh, I'm part of the Realm of Collectors, and I'm on a show there on Friday nights on their YouTube channel, the MPSP Theater, uh, Masterpiece Shitpiece Theater, if you will, and also on Off the Runner. But yeah, those are all the places you can find me, and I'm really easy to find. Uh, what about you, Greg? Where can they find you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at ChubRockGeek. That's where I'm most active. Um, you can also follow my uh, Twitch account, which is twitch.tv slash ChubRockGeek. Um, I'm going to be playing... I'm going to be trying to stream a little bit more often in 2019. Um, as uh, 2018 was kind of a... It was a definitely a, not a great year for me. Uh, so hopefully 2019 you got has a both turn. your fucking legs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was a point where they didn't work for a hot minute, but yeah. yeah you still got them, though. Oh, I had to. <laughs> I had to do it. I had to do it. Uh, it's been a it's been a rough year for a lot of us, and I'm hoping that 2019 is better. So I definitely want to try to stream more. All I was trying to get at, Josh, but you're so goddamn rude. Um, <laughs> that's that's true. I am. I can be. But I take great delight at how it derails you at times. Because I yeah, because I'm trying to improv it out, and I'm just like, I don't know where to go with this. You handed me a fucking pile of ass, and I don't know what to do with it. Um, uh, usually, when it's ass, you smack it up, flip it, and rub it down. Don't, don't. We're gonna move on. Um, All right. <laughs> just making that suggestion. Uh, you can also follow me on the Mission Start podcast. Uh, Anthony and I record every Wednesday now. Well, not this, not the day of recording this, but every other, every Wednesday we're trying to do every Wednesday. Cause that seems to be my regular day off at least. Um, but, uh, I have a new segment on the podcast, which is called why you're wrong where, and thank you for that name, Josh. Um, you're welcome. Where I basically rant unobstructed for five to 10 minutes about something that pisses me right the hell off. So, um, I did that in the most recent episode. That's actually up on the YouTube channel, which if you just search uh, Mission Start Tubes or Mission – what do you name it? Mission Start Tube, I think. Uh, you can find it there. Uh, I don't know. It's Anthony. He's not great with coming up at name. No shit. Um, but, yeah, if you want to watch us live, uh, it's uh, twitch.tv slash mission underscore start. But if you also want to listen to the podcast, just check out missionstarpodcast.com and you can probably find it there. I actually, he revamped the website recently and I haven't checked it out since then. But according to what I've been told by some people, it's a lot more navigatable. So definitely check that out. But, um, but that's about it for me. Uh, I think that's it on my list here. Um, I have to go because, like I said, it's my brother's birthday today of the recording, and uh, we got shit to do. Um, going to go see the movie Vice, which I'm interested in, but I don't know how interested. Anywho, Josh, cut that out. Um, anyway, guys, next What did I do? <laughs> I'm just rambling, so I was making a joke that you're going to edit it out. Oh. I thought you were accusing me of no, something. No, I, I did sell you. I said, cut that out, Josh.
Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Didn't even realize that. Anyway, so we're going to, uh, guys, watch Watership Down and A Series of Fortune Events Season 3 to uh, be up to date with us when we when our next episode comes out on the 11th. Um, again, thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for listening to us and supporting the show. Um, again, if, if whatever you choose to listen to us on, Radio Public is definitely a great choice because it, 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 it helps us directly. Um, yeah, but you have to but, listen on a mobile device. Jesus, the the well, yeah, that's well. No, I for mean, every it's, download, it's funny. for every download, the podcast earns two cents if it's from a mobile device. That's how that works. That's a direct way, but all right, guys, uh, that's gonna be it for us here. Uh, again, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Take care, everybody. <laughs>